When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. If you're prepared to fly high on the rad wings of destiny, then you're listening to the right show. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, and if you follow us on your socials, then you know last week... A dream of mine came true. And along with me for the ride were my awesome friends and my kick-ass co-host, who is in the center of all the festivities up in Indianapolis, Mr. Chris Sinzak. We were true menaces to sobriety. Yes, we were. Oh, yes, we were. Indianapolis is a wonderful city with... Great dining and great drinks and great music, and we had great friends. The Mooger Fooger was there with us. Mike G was there with us. We had a great time. You, Mrs. Sinzak, me, Mrs. Camaro, we all had a great time in Indianapolis, and we were all up there for one reason, to see the return of Ugly Kid Joe. And man, did we have a great time. And you are going to find out what I'm talking about right here today. Dreams coming true on the Decibel Geek Podcast. But before we get to all that, man, I got to mention it. The last time we did an episode, the one before GeekWire up in Indy with the Mooger Fooger and Mike G on there with us, we had an awesome, awesome Albums Unleashed with Jason McMaster from the Dangerous Toys telling us all about the Dangerous Toys debut album. How cool was that? Uh, that was one of the best ones we've done. We got a lot of praise for that one. And uh, yeah, it was just amazing times. And we got a lot of stuff up our sleeve that we're planning for the rest of the year. Heck yeah, always look into the future. And I'm going to give you a little clue into the very near future. Because if you're listening to this on time, then tonight we're going to do a Friday Night Live. Oh yeah, I've got all kinds of stuff from my trip up to Indianapolis, hit all the cool record stores there, went up to Chicago, to Milwaukee, and all the way up to the Northwoods, Essential Wisconsin, to my homeland, and I hit a lot of cool record stores in between, so I got a lot of cool stuff to share on a big old show and tell tonight on Friday Night Live. And I hear that we're even going to get the very first announcement for Rockin' Pod 2024 tonight on Friday Night Live. Is it true? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not making anything detailed, but yeah, I will have an announcement on the future of Rock and Pod and my role with it uh, this Friday. So we will see you guys very shortly. If you're not catching this, hopefully you're following us on our social media: the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, and all that good stuff. Because then you know. What you got coming your way. And one of my favorite things about Friday Night Live is the interaction. 
You know, we do these shows, Chris and I produce them, we put them out there, we love the feedback we get on Facebook, but there's nothing quite like it when we can actually interact with you guys and talk about rock and roll live and in internet person. I love it. (laughs) Now, I got to tell you, it's June. Officially June. That means it's one month left to July. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I put out the challenge a few weeks back and said if we get 20 five-star reviews or recommendations on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, or on Facebook, that we would bring back Kissmas in July. No reason not to, because Rockin' Pod got moved to March. So now that frees us up. We could bring back Kissmas in July more kick-ass than it's ever been. But it's up to you. And I do believe that last time that we checked reviews and recommendations, we were down to 11. So let's see what we got today. Can we get us some Kissmas in July? I believe we can. Let's kick it off with a really awesome Apple Podcast review entitled, A Must Listen for Fans of Hard Rock and Metal. Oh yeah, there they are. Five stars. It counts. And it goes a little something like this. I've been a listener of this podcast now for several years. Chris and Aaron are great hosts, and their chemistry together is really cool. They do different themes each week, but the goal is always the same, to share their passion for the music with their listeners. They're also very funny. Check this podcast out. Hell yeah. That comes to us from W.J. Taylor, like I said, via Apple Podcasts, from right here in the good old USA. Gotta love that. I always love it when somebody gives a review and it's somebody I don't actually know. That's nice. That brings us down to 10. <laughs> Let's knock out another one. Here's a Podchaser review. I know it is because the stars are pink, but the number is five. It counts. It comes to us from St. George, and his review says this. I've been a listener of the Decibel Geek podcast for years. Chris and Aaron bring it every week. Whether it's the GeekWire episodes where they discuss rock and metal news, the Radio Sucks episodes where they turn people on to bands that aren't being played on the radio, or the Albums Unleashed episodes where they, along with a guest, discuss a certain album that that guest had something to do with. Example, Jason McMaster of Dangerous Toys discussing the Dangerous Toys debut album. They never disappoint. I look forward to every episode and can say that the Decibel Geek Podcast is one of the best podcasts around. Wow. Oh, yeah. Thank you, St. George, for that awesome Podchaser review. That means we're down to nine, but we're running out of time. July is coming up quicker than you think. Come on, nine more reviews and recommendations. Give them to us on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, and we accept Facebook recommendations. As long as the stars are five, they're going to count, and you're going to get Kissmas in July if you want it bad enough. Man, another way people really help us out a lot is when they find our latest episode, whether it be the Geek Wire from Indianapolis or that awesome conversation we had with Jason McMaster about dangerous toys. When they see that floating out there on the Twitter, when they see it posted on the Facebook, They know that if they take that original post and they share it or they retweet it 
that their name gets put onto a majestic list of the most awesome people on the planet. That's right. It's our Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Tom Logsdon, David Glenn, Mike Parnell, Pantheon Podcast, Aaron Baker, Kristen Schimbeck, Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, David Cathy, Shea Hargett, Simon Katz, Sean Geek Podcast, Anthony Roush, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Victor Ruiz, the official Sonny Pooney Burner account, at Pooney Burner. It's my favorite new Twitter handle. Um, Mr. Retro, Keith Rockford, JJ McElhenney, Vet Halen, Whiting Guitar Works, Focus on Metal Podcast, Ernesto Aguiar, Eladio, Kevin's on Fire, Scott Crouch, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. Big shout out to the Mooger Fooger and Mrs. Fooger and Sadie Fooger for always being so hospitable. Man, you guys know that we had an awesome time. You know that I've been begging and pleading for Ugly Kid Joe to come back to the United States for years and years and years. (laughs) And you also know how excited I was when it was finally announced it was happening. And then we put it all together and we're making that trip up to Indianapolis to see it ourselves. I've been waiting for this day for so long. The weekend was amazing. Like I said, hanging with the Fugers. Mike G is there, the amazing photographer. You know him. He's been on the show before. Ugly Kid Joe number one. That's the guy. He's going to actually sit in with us as we get together with Klaus from Ugly Kid Joe. It was awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited to share it with you. Chris, we had a great time. Thank you so much for setting all that up. And all the people that helped us get that set up. I want to extend a healthy thanks to Gav, their tour manager, Tim Binder from New Ocean Media for helping set this interview up, and of course, the great Klaus Eichstadt. Before we get into it, I got to remind everybody, like I said, we've seen it ourselves. Ugly Kid Joe and Fozzie was an amazing show. It was so much fun, and those bands kicked so much ass. And I want you to know that the tour is almost over. Your chances to see Ugly Kid Joe in the United States are almost up. You Florida rock and rollers, you got it coming your way this Saturday. They're going to be in Fort Myers on Sunday. They're going to be in St. Petersburg. Then on Monday night, you can catch them in Destin, Florida. From there, it's Wednesday night, June 7th at the House of Blues in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, yeah. And then finally, wrapping up their first tour in the United States in so many years with the last show on June 10th. It's a Saturday night in San Antonio, Texas. This is your last chance to see Ugly Kid Joe. It's been a long time since they've been here. So who knows when they're coming back. They're headed to Europe after that. You know Europe loves them and wants to hold on to them. But I got a feeling if enough people went and seen them, that they'll come back. If you did go see them on this tour, let us know in the comments section where you saw them and how awesome the show was and what your favorite parts about it were. Because we had a blast. I'm betting you do too. If you're in Florida, Louisiana, or Texas... Don't miss your last chances to see Ugly Kid Joe. So I got a feeling you're going to love everything about this. Enjoy our conversation with Klaus Eichstadt from Ugly Kid Joe.
familiar with us, we're the Decibel Geek yeah, Podcast. I've seen you guys all over the place. So because I we, we are the, probably the number one yeah. Ugly Kid Joe podcast <laughs> on the entire planet. We have been yeah. no, I for, see it. for years. Like, we started back in 2011. Wait, are you guys the ones that are saying, like, we got them to come back or something? There's some old joke? I think <laughs> I read that. That's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's totally right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, and then, and then, well, there's there's a third one. There's Loose Cannon from the Cobras and Fire. Okay. I went on, and we did an entire episode just about Ugly Kid oh, Joe. Shit, because we always felt like, oh, people looked at Ugly Kid Joe, and they saw, you know, everything about oh, you, and, and it's Cat's funny, Cradle, and yeah, it's yeah, goofy, yeah. and Cats in the Cradle, you know, and all that, but never really gave you guys a chance. Right. We're the guys that got the albums and Listen loved the, the, deep, the yeah. deep tracks the deep and cuts. loved it. Yeah. The deep cuts. And so, like I said, for years, we've been waiting for Ugly Kid Joe. So, when I found Ugly Kid Joe, I'll never forget it. We were skipping school, uh-huh. and we went over to my buddy's house who had MTV, and they were, like, counting down the top rock videos yeah. of the week, and it's Stone Temple Pilots, and it's Pearl Jam, and yeah. it's Alice Chains, and Soundgarden, and Ugly Kid Joe. And I was like, man, you know, I was into all these bands that were about fun, rock music, you yeah. know, just having a good time, party music. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, everything changed, and yeah. then these rock bands were serious. Yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah. but then there was you guys, yeah. and you guys were fun. And I was like, that band right there—that's what I like, you know. <laughs> right. And so then I got that first EP and loved it, and then was just into you guys ever after that, you know. Even to the point where like you'd go into the mall, and it, on record release day, and they'd roll up the doors at the mall, and you'd go running into your wow. section, you know, and you go to Ugly Kid Joe, you. and be like, I got the last one, and they're like, Yeah, we only ordered one. <laughs> and then after that, then you'd have to go to the mom and pop store and be like, yeah. Hey, Ugly Ugly Kid Joe's coming out with a new album can you special order right, that right, for right. me but we were the guys yeah. that oh, would still do that you, you know and so man we've been praying and trying and begging you know we wondering why why has an ugly kid joe come back to the united states why have they forsaken us they're playing well, all these uh, other we, places we, we, i'm wondering if i should try to turn that off just for this yeah, talk. Okay. it's kind of loud huh So you're the guys. <laughs> oh, so speaking of us not coming back for 20 years, we weren't forsaking the U.S. I mean, this is where we started. You right, know? This yeah. has actually been a huge deja vu for me because it's been a long time since we toured here, but this is where it all began. Exactly. But, you know, being a band that reunites, you know, we we did the EP and we started putting feelers out there. Let's, let's see if we can do some shows. And Wit, our singer, who's the manager too, yeah. was like, I want a tour. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like... You know, it's been a while. Like I'm rusty. Like, but he's like, no, let's do it. I'm like, all right, if you can get us gigs. So he started calling, and the the, the offers came in from Europe. Yeah. The first offers, and it was for like trippy little festivals and stuff, and some really nice, not trippy little ones, really right. big rad yeah, ones. Yeah. And we started putting together these tours in Europe where you play the festivals on in the summer. You play on the weekends. You play festivals, and during the week you try to piece together like club shows in like random cities. And so we started doing these tours in Europe, and it started kind of building momentum. And we kept kind of putting feelers out in the U.S. But keep in mind, the U.S. is a big, freaking country, oh, right? right? You do a tour here, you want to, you know, you can't just go and do a few shows. You, you know, you, you got to. It's a lot. It's a, it's a five-week yeah. commitment, and you got to get the shows booked in line. Whereas Europe, we'd go for two weeks, three weeks, sometimes a week, yeah. and we could smash together a group, little group, and everything's really, really close to you. You drive strong, three yeah. hours, two hour, three hour drives to get from each big city to here. It's like, sometimes it's like 11 hours to get from like Dallas to fucking Indy or whatever. Yeah. So, it, it was something we wanted to do, but you know, we didn't get the, you know, it's, it's really expensive too. You gotta right. get whatever you're doing, vans, buses, whatever you're doing. It's like, it's got a, it's a lot of moving parts, as they say, and uh, we it finally came together, and it took it took this long. I mean, we've been together since two thousand, 
officially 2012 is, yeah. is when we released the EP. So it took ten over ten years to. Well, it took ten years till we got the actual ball rolling. But can that. can we say? Officially, though, that because of Aaron Camaro's yeah. pleas on Decibel Geek, that yeah, that's why you sure. booked this tour. Sure. At least Aaron, for our sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, every little thing helps, man. Yeah. You, 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 you know, you get that because you know I would assume that promoters, booking agents, all these people, they they are always looking to, you know, will people come? You know, like right, is, is it worth putting up mm-hmm. all the, you know, to do it? Is it worth doing it? And. You know, I, the rumor is that actually you guys helped and Wasp helped because Wasp did a tour here recently yeah. in the states oh, and they wow. hadn't done it in a while and yep. it did great. How about that? And nice. So they're like, shit, okay, bands, you know, older bands that haven't played here in a while can right. come back and play. Yep. And we've been having pretty damn good shows. I mean, I think most of the shows have been, I'd say, pretty great. You know, nice. and awesome. you know, as, as and it's really been fun being back here and playing like for our people so to speak you know exactly. this is where we started we're playing neighbor they're singing every lyric and yeah, shit yeah. like that so yeah, oh, we were out there d- during soundcheck we were yelling V-I-P nice yeah we were playing it yeah yeah we were the biggest ugly kid Joe nerds around we are here we have arrived we've been waiting like I said we've been waiting for this for a long time so I just want to say on behalf of the United States of America welcome back thank you we are so glad to be back and and it was weird getting ready for this tour because I'm like, wait, I don't even need my passport. Because always before Europe, oh, yeah. we're like, passport, and I, there are certain things like you need to have. But I'm like, wait, there's going to be a CVS around every corner. <laughs> I don't need a fucking passport. This is going to be rad, and I and I can bring more shit because I'm meeting the bus, so yeah. I can just bring a bunch of crap. Europe, you got everything. Got sometimes we do fly-ins and shit, and you're like, oh, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's 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 really, and it's been great because I haven't obviously been around the U.S. In, since I toured. I mean, I visited a couple people here and there but I haven't been to like Indianapolis in yeah. t- probably 28 years you know it's been a long what time. a rad area this is yeah man. it's really cool beautiful here. great little area man yeah, yeah we uh, planned this out we got an Airbnb that's literally right around nice. the corner it's like nice. oh man this is man, perfect what a rad little spot oh. Oh. come on through this is Mike Squires how you doing Mike bass so, these Mike, are the guys uh so, he has not only played bass for us, he's played guitar for us. All right. <laughs> oh, Mike, how you doing? I got the sorry, got the couch riffs going on right there. Oh, there you go. There you go. You know who he is. I yeah. can give that to him. No, no, <laughs> no. He's a no. big fan of your show. No, not at all, dude. Yeah. Oh, we all yeah, know. Mike, uh, you're the... Oh, uh, uh, Mike G on internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. The smart one. This is the smart <laughs> one. See, yeah. Everybody says so. <laughs> hey, it's good to meet good you. To meet you too. Man. Man. I just gotta grab my computer because I have to make a new Do thumbnail it. for Couch Rhythm. There you go. All right. Nice. Very cool. But yeah, so do we think it's gone good enough to where it won't be 27 years between times you come back well, next time? For me personally, hell yes. Okay. You know, and uh, I think for everybody involved, I mean, it's it all comes down to like I guess at the end when the paperwork's done, right? You know, did yeah. you make money? Did you lose money? Well, right? Was, That's the whole bottom yeah. line. And I was telling him that you know we're from Nashville, but we're right, right. Uh, I noticed the area code on that. And uh, yeah, so um, but like the there's a, a local Facebook page that shares old flyers from rock shows in right. Nashville, and just by ironically yesterday they shared a uh, concert from 1993. Yeah. Def Leppard with you guys opening yeah. at yeah. Starwood Amphitheater. I think that's the last time you played in Nashville, if I'm remembering. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. remember that show at all? I don't remember that. I don't. I mean, I. There. You know, I definitely remember that tour very oh, sure. well. It was yeah. a 
huge. It was a five-month run, I think. It was like half a year because we had Europe and the U.S. Yeah. With a little break in between. So, and those guys played everywhere. I mean, they're yeah. from Def Leppard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, they can play anywhere in the world at any time, you know? Whether, the, whether it was a good days or bad days in terms of, like, you know, whatever pop glam rock doesn't right. matter it's like that's Def Leppard dude these still, songs are still to this day these songs yeah. are fucking like ingrained in our heads yeah. worldwide yeah. man those guys can play anywhere in the world and it was a really great tour and they were really great I, I want to say hosts they're not really hosts they were the they were great headliners and they were yeah. great people and they treated us great and they let us pretty much have free reign in their backstage bar because they had all kind of like cut down on the hard alcohol at that time yeah they weren't that much older than us though they're pretty freaking young dudes they right. started like 17 yeah, that first they were record. super young yeah started. Rick Allen, I think was 17 on the first record like, like maybe even younger but they were kids but yeah they were really really generous to us and yes when you think back yeah. when you think back on that that early 90s era it's I think Joe's always been a little bit of an outlier because like uh, you know a lot of the straight ahead rock was getting buried with the Seattle stuff. Right, right. But it seemed like you guys were just oddball enough yeah. to where you didn't get typecast into the glam thing. Totally. I mean, we, we weren't glam, obviously. Right. Uh, I would say that, um, I mean, we loved... Alice in Chains is one of my favorite bands. Right. I mean, when they came out, I was like, oh, I mean, So Damn Cool was a total, like, I want to do a big, heavy riff with a melody. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I wanted, that was, when I wrote that, I was, like, fully listening to a lot of Alice in Chains. And, um, and of course, but we grew up with ACDC, Scorpions, Van Halen, which, so I never really looked at it as, like, grunge versus glam. I liked it all. Right. We just yeah. wanted to be a hard rock band. And we were huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fans, so that was kind of, right. I would think, maybe influenced our... Well, we're from California too. We were started right. in a beach town, so our maybe our image was more like that, like that California. Right. You guys give, don't give a shit, skateboard, surf, all that shit. And infused yeah. a lot of funk into your rock. Yeah, we we were the really years. into funk yeah. metal at the time because of the Chili Peppers, Fishbone bands like that. We were really into, so we tried to you know infuse a lot of different influences. We didn't think much about being part of any one scene because we liked a few, and we got lumped into the hair band, but then we didn't because we weren't. So. But, it, but you know some of the stuff sounds like that too and that's some of my favorite music is straight up like Rat was sure. one of my favorite bands of all time yeah. and of course Motley Crue but you know going back we all started with Ozzy Priest Black Sabbath that that's the root of our existence it's funny really. you mentioned that we were, we were recording an episode we do like the, this new show called Geek Wire um, every other week and we'll just discuss things and like Bobby Blotzer had made a claim recently that Rat buried Motley musically and like mm-hmm. so then we kind of took it apart like mm-hmm. What about player by player against each other? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? I mean, do you think would you take Warren Demartini over Mick Mars, or would it be the other way around? Well, I'd take Warren Demartini as a lead guitar player over just yeah. about anybody. Yeah. He's a badass. Yeah. But Mick Mars, man, that guitar tone and that those yeah, nasty exactly fucking what we that's what we were yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Crew at least a couple times, and you know, it's just yeah. uh, my friends saw him at this at the Keystone, which is a tiny little club where I grew up. And he went and saw, I didn't get to go, but he went, and this was on their first record, you know, this is like 81. And he said, he, Mick Mars walked out on stage, pressed his distortion pedal, and like, it just went, <laughs> yeah, it was like, I was like, that is no noise gate, like, fuck noise gates, like, he didn't give a fuck, he was just badass. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. A lot of damaged eardrums in the wake of Mick Mars. Yeah. For sure. All worthwhile. Yeah, we did do uh, we did do an interview over the phone with Wit a few years ago, yeah. and uh, 
we're all we both grew up big Kiss fans. Oh. So one thing he brought up that kind of surprised us was he claimed. Now you tell me your side of the what okay. you think of this. So Kiss, when they did the Revenge tour, uh -huh. they had the Statue of Liberty on stage uh -huh. at the end of the show. We, yeah. uh -huh. The hand yeah. would come down uh -huh. and be flipping uh -huh. the bird. Uh -huh. And Whit claims that they ripped you guys off with that. I mean, well, do you feel that way? I mean, we did it first. That's right. all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely did it first. And we're still rolling with it. Wait till you see our backdrop. <laughs> oh, yeah? Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Well, that should be good. That's awesome. <laughs> So, I mean, there's so much, you know, I've, I've listened to these albums so many times over the years. We got some friends that sent in questions, too. Yeah. Um, I always wondered, like, because if you look at the album covers, we're talking yeah. about album covers, like the first one's got the, the Joe, the guy on there, and the second one's him, Statue of Liberty. And then you get to Menace to Sobriety, and when Loose Cannon and I did our episode about Ugly Joe, we talked about this album, it's like... What a strange album cover! It's mm -hmm. like it's got the kid drinking mm -hmm. with the spread of meats around him. Very yeah. German, yeah. You know, very Oktoberfest. It was Oktoberfest. Where does that come from? I mean, is that something you guys chose? Or you know what? The, well, the, the the picture was a postcard that my dad sent me from Germany, and he said something funny on it, like "Ah, this reminds you me of you as a young boy." And Wit saw the postcard sitting wherever it was, and he picked it up. He's like, "Oh, this should be the album cover." Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a actual, you know, getting away from the cartoon and making it a real thing, and then. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was. I mean, as you notice, we've kind of gone back to the OG art now. Right, yeah. um, unfortunately, the artist who did a lot of the art early days died about five, six years ago, I think, six yeah. or seven. Kind of like at a young age in his forties, it was like some kind of heart thing. So, but it was kind of like you know, it, it, homage to him as well. Was but he a friend of the band? He was a guy that actually was in Isla Vista when we were there. The band was starting out, and we finally came up with the name of Joe and. Our old guitar player Roger Lar had knew him and some other people that worked for the skateboard companies in the area. It was like Powell was one of the big skateboard companies. Powell Peralta was in Santa Barbara, is in Santa Barbara still, and he did art for them. And you know that was just the culture we were part of. Like the skate, a lot of our friends right. were skaters, and we always loved the art on skateboards. It was always yeah. kind of like kind of had that wacky pack thing sure, you know Joe looks like you could yeah yeah and um, so we were like yeah be right get the see if you can do the art and we paid him I think in a bag of Doritos a, a <laughs> Mc, McFish what was that McFish sandwich from yeah. oh yeah but a filet of fish, fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and then like a diet coke or something and uh, that was his like in a 20 bucks cash and he drew that that cartoon like right like we were he kind of penciled it right we were all kind of I think Witt said have, make him have a beer like hiding it behind his back and I said make him flipping him off you know flip, flipping it off the bird and whatever and he just drew that and then he came up with like some kind of green slimy writing and he just it kind of just drew all that wow. yeah and that's it it kind of you know and I, it's cool that we you know we're, we've been rolling it with it now for what 30 some odd years you yeah. know and uh, yeah so yeah that we you know we had our, our, our moments where we were trying to like maybe change the art to be more I don't know you know you, you go through your artistic changes sure. and you change them. but one thing we kept go doing was every title has been the has been a takeoff of something else yep. and that we we stuck to we almost a couple times didn't and then we were like no no, no we got to do it because yeah, we've been doing it and it's now. worked for us it's tradition exactly yeah. so we we, we we kept that solid right up to rad wings of destiny yeah. which is, i love that, <laughs> I, love that title. <laughs> yeah. I remember when he told me the title i was like oh that's perfect, perfect. that's awesome yeah. yeah wit is like i would say arguably the biggest judas Priest fan that ever lived. Yeah. Like you could put a few guys out or girls out there in the world that might be bigger fans, but Witt'll be up there. Yeah. That dude has listened to Priest and 
I mean, I think he probably knows every lyric to every single Priest song ever recorded. Nice. Like, that's that's how much of a Priest fan he is. And he came up with that title, and I was like... And then one of the... I mean, the ring of it, Rad Wings of Death, is just so cool. So I right away was like, yeah, that's rad. We should keep that. Yeah. A couple other people were like, yeah, but no one knows that record. And we're like... The people that matter. So right. what? <laughs> yeah, and so what? Like, it is it is an homage to one of the greatest metal bands ever. Yeah, right. And... It's a great title, the and we just and as soon know. as the artwork started coming together, everybody that had their doubts was like, "Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. on. We yeah, we've got awesome. this. This is a great title." Yeah. Well, what one of the listener questions that got sent in by a couple people was, "Is Steve Summer still angry at you guys?" The singer for Pretty Boy Floyd. No, it never was. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, I don't know what you've heard, but I know when we were recording America's Least Wanted, and the EP had hit, and we had already done a million interviews about how where'd you get the name, and on MTV, you know, everything about you had already been a big hit. We did that run. We answered that question a thousand million times about Pretty Boy Floyd. Like, Joe, how'd you get the name? We're in the studio doing America's Least Wanted, and one of the, um, I guess one of the... Um, Engineers or something comes up and says, "Hey, there's a phone call for you guys here at the studio for someone in Ugly Joe from a guy from Pretty Boy Floyd wants to talk to you." And I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> is this the call where they're like, you motherfuckers?" Yeah. So I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take it." So I took the call and the guy was like, "I forget which guy in the band it was, but he's like, dude, I just want to thank you guys. Like, you guys, like, really helped our name get out there. Right. Like, we're like a household name now because of you guys." Right. And we're like, "Oh yeah, shit, you're welcome. You know, our." pleasure you know thanks for <laughs> I still hold out hope that there's going to be a tour between the two bands yeah, I was, uh, there was, like, you know people have been doing this is how cool it's gotten people come to our shirt shows now that we're back in the states people have been coming to the shows wearing Pretty Boy Float oh, shirts that's oh, nice. and they've been like doing this like check it out like I know your history and we're like fuck yeah that's yeah. cool that's cool yeah talk about Menace to Sobriety one thing I've always wondered who is the guy on the back cover of the album? Farrell T. Smith. He's Farrell and uh, Farrell, myself, and Wit all grew up together. Okay. Up in the Bay Area, California, and um, uh, Farrell was just a really good friend of ours through high school, and to this day, we just saw him. He was in Vegas at our show. Yeah. And um, he was that me? No. Oh, me. Uh, he is a just one of our best friends, and he was always kind of. He is actually what everything about you was written about. He oh, was yeah. the inspiration for the song because he'd always be like, ah, "I don't want to do that. Socks, the rain, socks, and the you know." He, he's <laughs> yeah, just kind of he's pessimistic and negative, but in a funny way. You know, he's always just tongue in cheek, super funny guy. That song was written about him, and then that that was you know obviously he was drunk. And right. We were probably partying, and it was a funny picture. And of course, once again, it's like we got to put that on the album somewhere. <laughs> we didn't know where. We thought maybe it'd be like on the in, you know how there's different right. panels. We're like, fuck it, put it on the back. And that's Farrell T. Smith. Wow. The guy that inspired everything about you, childhood buddy, still to this day. And, that's uh, cool. I yeah, he gets a lot of that, shit like, from his friends for that. One always wondered, like, yeah. who is that guy? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, we ever heard the story about that? No, I have no idea. Yep. Yeah. Putting it out there today. Yeah. yeah. Without him, there would be no everything about you, which means there might not be. We right. probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a good possibility. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> would I be right in assuming that Alice Cooper is an influence on you guys because of a lot of the sarcastic, witty lyrics? You know what? He was I for that have to say that I was never a huge Alice Cooper fan, but Witt and I, when we were teenagers, before I think we were like even ourselves playing, one of the first records we really got into was an Alice Cooper record that his neighbor had. We'd go over and it was the one, Who Do You Think We Are? Fascists in the armored car, yeah. yeah, and we would, li- and we were like, God, these lyrics are rad. Like his whole, that- and so in that sense, yes. I mean, you know, I love little lyrics that are a little tongue in cheek yeah. and twisted, kind of yeah. funny and whatever. So we toured with them in nine two thousand. 
2013. We did a full run with him in Europe, and he was su- again super kind, super generous. Wit came up a couple times and sang with him. I forgot what song, but it was like, what a legend, man! Yeah, and still yeah. puts on a. I think it's like, I think he's in his seventies, and he yes. still gets out there and just brings it, right. and yep. sings, and, and puts on the whole show with weird, crazy props. He had this. Uh-huh giant baby come out I mean some of the like acid trip like whoa I wish I was on acid right now because this would blow my freaking mind (laughs) and it was in in the age where a lot of those legendary acts can't quite do it like they used to if they're even alive and rely on you know extra help to be able to pull off their concerts yeah Alice is you can't say that about Alice no he's a badass and his band is always yeah oh he's always got badass female guitar player that absolutely shreds well he's just had a murderer's row of players and he's, yeah, he's kind of like Ozzy. He just yeah. knows how to pick yeah. them, man. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Ozzy, when you guys back in the day were out on that No More Tours tour, yeah. did you guys really think that was the end of the road for Ozzy? Or was there, did you have any idea? Damn, that? that's right. It was No More Tours. We called it the No More Beers tour. <laughs> no More Tears, No More Beers. Because yeah. uh, he was sober. And I, yeah. you know what? That was so long ago that to us, what he was probably in his 40s mm-hmm. yeah. which is so young if you think about it right. so I think at that time when we were in our 20s we are like yeah that is kind of old and now like you know what I mean it's, right. it's not old yeah. at all it's young and so I don't you know what did I really believe I, I think I kind of did yeah. you know I think most of us but, at the time yeah I think because it was kind of it was like in, when people were just like I'm done you know and you don't think that like, well, okay, we didn't really have rock stars that were going into their 60s at yeah, that time. Right. It was kind of a new yeah. thing because yeah. rock was still kind of I new. mean, now, and now it's just ridiculous. Like, you can see Kiss any day. You can go see Aerosmith. I mean, I know they're all in, they're saying they're their final tours, yeah. but we'll you see. go and see them, you're like, well, why? Right. Especially Kiss. They just wear makeup, so you don't know. The guy, he's still spitting blo- uh, fire and blood yeah. and shit, and it's like, well, this is, it was such, I saw Kiss for the, I think, first time we opened for Kiss not that long ago in Sweden, I think it was, and it was awesome like just such a great show it's just so fun to see a band just they're the original like crazy they're the original Slipknot you know the original we're just gonna go all out original Guar like just full on you know the whole people just shock rock to uh, not even beyond glam rock it was like shock rock and and makeup uh, and shit on that Aussie tour did you ever have to experience the wrath of Sharon she was I'm not even bullshitting she was always super sweet and kind she's been friends to wit for many years she's he's got to fly on their jet with them she's always been nothing but um supportive and that whole tour was i mean we it was we thought it was a dry tour and we were just starting out you know <laughs> and we were like we're touring with freaking ozzy this is so fucking rad and uh and motorhead too and it was yeah. like all of a sudden so we're you know we're playing it cool we're like we're, we're gonna follow all the rules no beer no nothing and all of a sudden the case of beer shows up backstage and it says love ozzy like, <laughs> like, come on, dude! Like, you know, just because I'm sober doesn't mean yeah. needed to be. Have We're fun, like, guys. yeah, it was so sweet. So you know, so yeah, she was great. Ozzy was great. Zach was. I couldn't have been more. Uh, he just he would come to our bus before every show yeah. and warm up with a couple Budweisers and ask us how was the show, how was the crowd, and he'd just sit there and it's fucking Zach Wild. I mean, dude's a legend, and and he's one of my favorite guitar players. And me and Dave would be like, that's. And you just become friends with the dude, and you're like, right. hey, what's up, Zach? You know, it's so cool. Because <laughs> well, it's, you know, so that's nice. kind of like us, too. You know, yeah. we grew up, you know, just 
so full on in, in music yeah. and rock and metal yeah. and then just get to hang out and talk to you right you know, it's, you know, it's so, kind yeah. of and it's like yeah. oh we're you're close, just, just all pretty much guy, normal you know? dudes yeah. and, and thanks for fucking with me over the phone when I got here <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like I have no idea what you're talking about I'm like oh great here we go I'm just kidding man I'm like, oh. so how did the Virginia Beach show come about with Priest was, yeah. that, was it a good gauge as far as you know planning out this tour um, it, okay, that's an interesting question. Yeah, it was obviously end of COVID. Yeah, it was like on and off, on and off. Is it going to happen? Is it not? Yeah. Who's going to play drums? Who's going to do this? Who's vaccinated? What do we need? This, it was like a lot of. It was like, it was really stressful. But we were like, Wit and I were like, we don't care if we don't make any money. It's freaking Judas Priest. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we have such a history with Priest with Rob singing on America's right. Wanted right. with our last album we had just come up with the title at that time right. and we're like this is a sign man this is a sign we gotta do it no matter what you know Shannon needs to drive from Florida because he won't fly like all these different things a lot of parts and it was a pain in the ass but we pulled it off but that was the I cried afterwards when we went out in the crowd and watched Priest I totally broke down because it was like my childhood and we and then after two years of COVID everything was so fucking oh, yeah. sorry shitty right. um yeah. No language rule on this yeah, show. Yeah, uh, that it was just, I broke down. I started texting people that were my childhood friends that, it, like, I just, it just took me back into time listening to Priest. And here we are, you know, after two years of not doing anything, all of a sudden we're playing at it. In the United States, opening for, for Judas Priest, and Rob came into the dressing room. You know, this is all super, no backstage, nothing. It was all COVIDed out. He still made the effort to come to our room, take pictures with us, say hi. And we opened for Priest, and it was yeah. just like, check. Like, uh, literally, like one of the yeah. big four. Mike here went, drove all the way from Kentucky I to go flew, see you. Uh, or flew yeah, from yeah, Kentucky yeah. to see you guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I mean, it was I a big deal. I that was going to happen again. Yeah. yeah for it was sure. a big deal, man. Yeah. Play, opening for Priest. And um, yeah, that, I mean, you know, we, we've been so lucky. We opened for Scorpions recently. We voted for Priest. We obviously did the Aussie tour at Motorhead back in the day. Who else? I mean, we opened for the Cult. We open for Guns N' Roses. I mean, it's like, it's just been incredible that we've been able to actually open for all our favorite bands almost. Yeah. There's one left. Uh, Can you guess? Um, ACDC. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, man, yeah. that's right on the yeah, nose. Yeah, that's like literally like, like there's a, I literally do have a bucket list that's on there. <laughs> if it'll ever happen, if it doesn't happen, I'm fine with it. I mean, yeah. we've had literally every other one's been checked off. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I mean, Wit like, can, yeah. can practically channel Bon Scott oh, on some God. of those tour yeah. songs, man. Yeah. Totally. Now, listen, yeah. like, this is the best ACDC song that the band <laughs> never did. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, love that. Yeah, I mean, he we, he and I, you know, grew up Ozzy, ACDC, probably Priest. Those are the three, you know, Van Halen, of course. Of course. And, uh, yeah, Wit's got Bon down yeah. to a oh, T. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I love it. What's your favorite ACDC record and why is it Power Age? <laughs> it's actually, I, I'm going to have to go with uh, Back in Black. I mean, that no, to me, just, right. I remember hearing that for the first time. It was like a friend, like an older friend's brother or something played it on. And I was like, holy shit, like, wow. You know, after Bond died and all that, it was right. this big sort of, was this, you know, in Highway to Hell, I would almost... That was those yeah. are the two. I, I mean, yeah, right to me, too. I was like, I not just their records of all time rock records. Sure. Those two are in my top five probably, and it's like you follow that up with that with a new singer and those. I mean, come on, those riffs on Back in Black, just just the guitar parts alone, 
you get that first eight, 12 seconds of the song where you're already at, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I haven't even heard the singer yet. <laughs> you know? It's kind of, I think it's probably different when you're there in the time when it came out new as opposed to like if you were a little younger and at that point heard these songs a million times. You're like, oh man, I've heard that a million times. So then you kind of yeah. gravitate towards like Power Age yeah, and yeah, stuff the like shit, that, yeah. the deeper yeah. kind of stuff. But you can't deny Back in Black. I mean, it's, it's, it's one, one of the, the greatest best albums of all time for recorded, a sounding everything yeah, yeah. about it. It's, yeah. it's. I, I hate to say it, but it's perfect. You it's could, perfect. Yeah, you it's you could not improve album. it anymore. And they didn't no. have any auto tunes. They didn't do any click tracks. No. They didn't do any, you know, edits with the drums. No it's all those dudes just playing everything, no. sure, overdubbing and whatnot. I read a little about how they were writing lyrics in the studio. Just a, the guy said one of the things I noticed. Remember, remember, new singer. I mean, I think they had the music already written. Yeah, and yeah. he had to come in and just and so, I don't know if some were old Bond lyrics I don't know but I just know that the guy one of the comments he made was like we used no compression on the guitars it was all just mic to tape yeah. you know out of the amp and that there's a lot of lyric writing in the studio wow. like a lot of yeah. trying to fill I suppose in supposed to make things it, fit yeah, yeah yeah and it's like yeah I was like I yeah that, that one to this day, you'll walk by a car playing it or, or you know, on TV. Yeah. You see the commercial right now with it's like a Ram Dodge Ram and it's playing yeah. ACDC Back in Black. Or Iron Man like movie or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, everywhere. This shit is just too so timeless. So I think we'll do some listener questions if you're okay sure. with that. Yeah, um, well, you already answered why it takes so long to come back to the States and will there be more U.S. tours? Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, that it, it, it's been such a fun tour and um, that you know it's it's been so long but it's it feels like in a way it wasn't that long ago once you're doing it it's like right. yeah this is the US it's rad any chance of adding more dates on to the end probably not no not to up? this one because right. we're going to wrap it up we're going to Europe in August okay. and uh so yeah. say if you guys want to come to Nashville man we'll, we'll come yeah, again yeah. we'll go again yeah no yeah. we'd love yeah we came all the way up here from Tennessee for this so is you know, we're not the only ones traveled for it <laughs> you know that Patrick Breen wanted to know are there any new any new bands that you like in particular um, Pistols at Dawn who's open yeah. they're rad they got a kid that's like I want to say 21 he's just a shredder on guitar and they're the nicest dudes ever and he just comes out and just wails it and then, the, then they start the set it's pretty rad it's like kind of like bringing it back you know to the right, old days wow. um, I, you know what I'm pretty lame other than that I don't really listen to a lot of new bands I hear songs on the radio and I'm like yeah I literally go home and like listen to ABBA and <laughs> ACDC. <laughs> My wife loves like pop, so we listen to like the last concert I went to where I actually bought the ticket was The Colt. I went and saw The Colt. Yeah. So yeah, I guess not a new band, but I'm yeah. just telling you, I'm kind of an old school guy, and I we went and saw The Colt. Does that mean there's a Colt shirt coming? Lock girl. <laughs> yeah. um, God, did I? No, I, I, I've, I've tried everything for really? everything. I'm, I'm working on it. There's, yeah, I constantly work on those shirts. Um, yeah, I, I, what did I had one really silly one for the cold. I forgot it was the clap or something. I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> there's the LCL. Like, oh, that would be easy. It's like two letters. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the cold. And then the other concert before that was Katy Perry. Wow. Santa Barbara, representing. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> Santa Barbara. Taste, yeah. Um, this just made me laugh. It's not really a question. Are you, Nick Tavella says, uh, are you the guys on the beach that hate everything? And is this some sort of hip music that I don't understand? You know what? I don't think we were ever hip. Um, <laughs> and we're fine with that. And we love the beach. Um, Farrell's the guy I was telling you earlier that the song was written about that he loves the beach too. He's a total surfer, man. He's like 
so we don't hate well, everything. I, I and he, what was it? Yeah. He wanted me to probably do it in the Pat voice, but I decided yeah. not. Yeah. Oh my God, Pat. Uh, was the it? Pat thing, was that something the record company brought? <laughs> no, 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 that, that was all right. Yeah, because it's such a, it's a, there's another weird story. We're hanging out in Isla Vista, which is the little college town that the band started in right. near Santa Barbara, California. And one of our good friends, Dane, one of his friends, we were all hanging out. He had a Gallag machine in his in their like beat up little apartment where like six dudes lived. And he would come by, like, oh, and we were like, we were big fans of the Pat skit. We'd always do the voice, that little thing. We kind of joke around, like, oh my God, Pat last night was so funny. And he's like, dude, that's my cousin. We're like, what? He's like, yeah, Julie um, Sweeney. Julie Sweeney's my cousin, or something wow. like that. And we're like, shut up. And we're like, and we had just been, shit just started happening, but we just got a major label. I think everything about you was just kicking off. And we're like, no shit, really? And we're like, dude serious he's like yeah I see her for every Thanksgiving she's totally cool I go would, would you ask her would she ever do something for us well you know like something like a video or something or and he's like yeah I'll call her and he called her and she was like yeah I'll do it wow. so when we were doing the record she came in and at first we wanted to we were just wanted to have some like sound bites so she came in but she shows up at the studio and she brings her entire Pat wardrobe because she oh, wow. got her the wires got crossed thought she was doing like a video thing We're like oh no we just wanted you to do some audio stuff with that Pat voice like we did on the record yeah. and but she brought the whole thing and we're like you know boom like oh we gotta have her in a video like if she's this stoked on it yeah, like right. she was like and, and she was with her husband they were super nice and she's a comedian and you know we we dabble in comedy a little bit and so she's like we're like would you do a video you know and and I mean come on she's all over the neighbor video so right, when we did the yeah. video she was the, like the first person we called she and then she came and did that and super nice and the other dude in the video we were watching the Terminator the original Terminator yeah. and uh, it's the guy that's in the he's like the lamp like the like the the guy from the seedy little motel that he lives at in some city uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's is in there like yeah. one of his little like you know it's like a little crappy little hotel and like the guy comes in he's like what do you got a dead cat in there and he's wearing the wife beater and oh, he's yeah. all scruffy oh. and Dave our guitar player is like that's the neighbor and we found the guy wow. and he did it wow. and, and our Tom Mignon from Doom Video who did the video he said he went to his house and the guy showed him I just probably for funny he was his wardrobe and he had a like a, a closet full of wife beaters that's like his whole <laughs> like these are all the roles I get it's always some scummy it's dude the guy the wife yeah, yeah it's always the guy with the dirty wife beater like with a cigar or like a beer like you know yelling at the kids or something yeah that's awesome. This was an interesting one from Carlos Enriquez. He says, please rank your albums from best to worst. Oh, our always, albums? Yeah, he says, I've always been curious on how the artists rank their own material. I, I can only speak for myself here, but I, I would rank number one, Stairway to Hell. Okay. Uh, number two, probably Menace to Sobriety. Uh, shoot. Uh, number three, I'm going to say America's at least wanted. Number four, the last one we just did, which is Radman's of Destiny. Number five would what have we done six so five six would be somewhere between mo I guess five I five would be the god that's tough I mean we slapped that EP together um, uglier than yeah uh, I mean that full up where does that rank that's what I'm thinking maybe yeah, five and five. maybe six motel I don't know wait no there's another one in there yeah. uglier than there used to be yeah, see that one. I, man, I love that album. I mean, that would maybe be um, what did I say? Number four. Did I rank them all? So make that one number four, and then five and six would be uh, as ugly as they want to be in a motel. 
<coughs> see, maybe I'm not giving. I haven't heard listened to As Ugly As They Want to Be for so long because, like I said, we were kind of strapped for time. We went in, knocked it out, and I was kind of bummed on a couple of my guitar solos. I like didn't have a lot of time to do them, and uh, didn't you know I was like I, was, I wish I had more time. But it also spawned our biggest fucking selling hit. And started this whole thing, so I technically yeah. I should rank it number one. But yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. if, you, if you, you know, if I'm going to listen to it, I'm gonna, I'd rather yeah. listen to "Stairway to Hell" and "America's Least Wanted" yeah. and "Mezzo Spritey" than the other three. So that I'm kind of, I'll give you the top cool. end of the thing. I, I love all. There's the always classics. songs on every record that I love yeah. and and would like maybe better than any other song on the other record. But as a full piece of work, I would. That's how I'd rank it. So Mike Michael Gatto, this is a hardcore fan, and he's got several questions. So let's answer quickly on these. Okay. So. Did you build any other guitars after your main one? No. Okay. What is the huge knob on Dave Fortman's Gibson? That he got. We were doing the neighbor video in Colorado in a suburb. It was the middle of a tour, and we, you know, stopped somewhere in the suburbs. And Thomas Mignone had come out, uh, you know, scouted this house. The people rented it to us for the day, suburban house. And in the, he took it off the stereo <laughs> and put it on the guitar for oh, the video. Wow. And <laughs> they like, left him a note. And they're like, it's cool, it's in the video. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know if um, Wit auditioned for Rat when Stephen Piercy was out around 99 oh, wow. and 2000? No. Okay. He would have told me that. Because okay. I was a huge... Wit, Wit was never a real Rat fan. I mean, he likes him, but he didn't wasn't like a fan. I was a total Rat fan, and he would have told me that. So, okay. yeah, no. Uh, Scott Crouch, who actually we're going to see after this interview, uh, wants to know what's your favorite song off of Motel California. Ooh, Okay. Okay, I'd have to see the listing. You don't have it? <laughs> Who's Pontiac on the cover? Wits. Yeah. He still has it. The yeah? GTO, yeah. The nice. GOAT. Still has it to this day. He was just driving it the other day. Um, he was telling me about it. Well, we like, looked that it up. Still runs. Um, well, Jason Tucker wants to know what your favorite band to tour with was. Uh, Ozzy. Ozzy. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. That's, you know. And, and that, that. All right, he's got yeah. it. Hold up here. Yeah, there you go. Here's oh, you got it. Um, you know what? I would probably go between dialogue and would you like to be there? Yeah, those would be my two. Cool. Yeah, and we, um, we've had we definitely play those live sometimes. That, that song, I would you like to be there in a different circumstance? Mm-hmm. I would have seen that being like a huge yeah. radio hit. It's a beautiful it song. Such, it's, yeah. it, Dave it is that. beautiful. It's yeah. very. He's, you know, Dave's from the South. Yeah, he's from the Deep South, Louisiana, and he has a lot of that influence. And he's a really great like all around musician plays piano drums guitar sings producer as you right, know sure produced yeah, a few things clean, yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, and he just he writes these great songs and they're very solid songs you know what I mean they're like you know you could almost hear like anybody do that song you know it's one like yeah. you're right like if somebody yeah. that was like some kind of superstar like a star, super like country pop star could right, do it and, do you know, or a super pop star really Female singer, whatever yeah. you know. He's, uh, credit to John Verno; he's the one who had the question about if no more tours you thought was going to be the last one for Ozzy. We actually, I think um, we honestly we kind of did. Yeah. We thought it was. Uh, Scott Crouch, who we're going to see soon, said, "Tell them to play songs from the last album because it is so great and deserves to be heard." And Do you guys ever pull anything out from Uglier Than You Used to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, cool. really? Um, we we oh we we played a lot. Um, There's a few. We would do. We did. Um, under the bottom she's ever already under the bottom we played a That's, bunch yeah. we played that shit for a whole tour after the nice. record yeah my old man yeah such I love that we haven't song. played that one but no. we did play uh she's already <clears throat> gone uh it's great too um, under the bottom and we played a few yeah. yeah I love that album man that's 
like I said, I, I love all the classic stuff that I came up on, but there's something special about that. There's some, like, it's a heavy, hard rocking album, like, through and through. And even, like, uh, what's the one where it starts out? It's, uh, is it Enemy? Enemy is Us? Yeah, it's it's Enemy. mellow. Oh, yeah. And then it, and it kicks in. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's actually a rad song. That is so cool. So cool. Love that. Most of what was left was people asking questions for Wit about his voice and stuff, and yeah. also tell me why they hate my ask, ask them why they hate my mother and stupid sarcastic <laughs> shit. <Yeah. laughs> my buddy Jason asked me in the song Whiplash Liquor right before the guitar solo. I think Wit says, "Come on, CC, is that like a poison kind of fun I guess, thing?" I guess. <laughs> He's making fun of Carlos Cavazo. No, yeah. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love Poison, so yeah. I'm with that. And by the way, we told, we played that show in Brazil. We played with them and Brett Michaels. I got to tell you the story. Yeah, nicest story. dude. He, he, it was his birthday, and we had a we had the room list of everybody. Like we had probably had Rock Whitney Houston's room number. Wow. Like we had the full master room list. Somehow we got it. And we found Brett Michaels. It was his. We found out it was his birthday. No, no, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. It was Wit's birthday. Okay. Yeah, January nineteenth. 1994 and we're in this badass hotel on the Copacabana in Rio it was like we had just done a ton of touring for two years and this was sort of the end of our big crazy insanity run of the EP and the America's Least Wanted doing the Aussie tour Europe all our going to Japan for the first time Australia and we ended up in fucking Rio de Janeiro Brazil the Copacabana and it's just like we finally got to kind of relax for like a week because we had five days off between the shows and we were like we're at the we're at Copacabana Beach, overlooking the beach in this badass hotel. You know, everything's uh, taken care of by the by the people with the, the promoters and stuff. And anyway, long story short, we or I'll keep the short the long story long. Um, we find his room, and I have an acoustic guitar, and we're like, let's let's go, let's get him, let's let's fuck with him. So it was like eight of us. We go and we knock on Brett Michaels's door, and he's already kind of been really sweet. We were in the airplane with them all the guys in Poison they were totally cool we had a good time on the plane having drinks and laughing and being dicks and uh, we get we, we get to his room and it's like late it's night it's probably two in the morning <laughs> and he's in there with a beautiful girl right and he opens the door and he's all kind of dis- disheveled he's like wearing boxers he's like what the fuck and we literally were like Brett. he's like what are you doing we're like it's Wit's birthday you gotta sing everything as a ro- every rose has a thorn for him please please because we were walking around the hotel singing it and I was singing it because I knew it and we're like let's get Brett Michael and we he dude the guy was like it's your birthday wit and we're like yeah and he's like alright I got this so he lets us all in There's like, and this chick's like got the cover yeah, she's, she's like, like what the hell's going <laughs> on she's like from Argentina she's like or, or Peru or something she's like can't pass up with like what the fuck and she's like we're like he's like yeah it's cool don't worry about it she's like oh man you fucking rock and rollers are idiots so we roll in I got the guitar I start playing it he's like oh hang on hang on he goes to his closet gets out the chaps and wow. puts on the chaps <laughs> sits down and I'm on guitar he sings the song and Wit sits down he sings the entire song to Wit like face to face for Wit's birthday serenaded yeah totally serenaded and it was just like what a rat dude you that know and they're like thanks cool. so much and he's like anytime well he's like no no never mind not anytime get the fuck out <laughs> this is the only time yeah this is the only uh, time the, but like the, as soon as he heard it was his birthday he's like oh shit okay I'll do it cool. you know nice. what that's a sport the, right the, the rare blue Saraceno era that's exactly right. He yeah. was a sweetheart too. And he lived in Ojai at the time, which is near where we're from. And we we bonded with him. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That we both love the record they did with him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Plaid. He, didn't he always wear the always yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guitar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great plaid. Shredder, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, you got anything cool. else? You got any more questions? For that, that's pretty much okay. it for the, right. for the listener questions. That I, okay. Man, I just want to say thank you. You're welcome. You know, thank, thank you for coming back. For supporting. Yeah. Yeah, you we're know. stoked. Um, I hope we can do it every year, you know, one way or another, you know. And there's still plans to continue doing records and everything. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, you know, as long as we can sing, which he can like better than ever. So, yeah. you know, we, we don't know how it'll, you know, materialize, but... You know, I know there's there's a bunch of riffs and songs still floating around, like your socks, motorhead socks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Tim gave me the broad stroke. Brian Binder, yeah. But uh, my best wishes today for him. Yeah, thank he, you. He lost a member of his family. Yeah, they had, they had a loss in their family, and it's pretty. He's doing the right thing, and we're we're so lucky that Chris Catalyst, who's been in the band before, literally 36 hours ago we were down a guitar player and he got on an airplane and flew here no kidding and wow. he played bass for us the last tour but about five six years ago he played guitar for us so it's been that long and the dude shows up lands yesterday in Minneapolis drives to the casino gets there just in time for sound check we sound check three songs he goes takes a nap gets it up an hour before the show and goes over practicing his parts and played a show with us last night wow wow you know, That's impressive, really impressive. Yeah. Chris Catalyst, nice, he's a badass. He's got his own band. Um, he's got Chris Catalyst. He's on Spotify. Great singer, great guitar player, obviously great bass player. Um, and he's got the Eureka Machines, another one of his bands. So okay. check it out. It's it's right. it's great. Like sort of, I want to say it's kind of Brit style. You know, he's yeah. singing from England, but what a talent! And he. Hopefully, I mean, he's just getting into it, but right. he's a great singer too, so he does cool backups and cool harmonies and shit. That's awesome. Right yeah, on. we are so blessed. And, you know, of course, we all, you know, our heart goes out to Dave and his family. Right. And we're just so lucky that Chris could do this and the show must go on. That's kind know? of the side of things a lot of people don't see is like having to make these last minute decisions when something like that happens. Yeah. It's, it's probably a real moment of panic. It, it was a fucking crazy three days two, 36 hours was really from the moment to like and just hearing you know first starting with the tragedy and then that sinks in and then you're like he's like I gotta go we're like you gotta go yeah, yeah. and then like oh shit we need to go. <laughs> and I'm starting to learn his parts going like I guess we're doing it with one guitar yeah. Ooh, wow yeah, and I'm gonna try to learn his shit we have work. very different styles and uh, and then you know Gav calls Chris and it's like I'll be on the next flight wow unbelievable right and has Jericho put anyone in a headlock yet? I put him in a headlock. Oh, you did? Nice. Oh, cool. And the, the Probably sleeper. Deserved. No, I. No. <laughs> you just made the list, Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> He's been absolutely wonderful. The whole, both bands and crews have been, I mean, phenomenally sweet and nice cool. and yeah. awesome. And, and Seems like a good yeah. match. How does the after show activity differ now in America to oh. the last time you toured America? This is a sober tour for us. Yeah. Oh, okay. we let, we, our drummer drinks because he's like 32, but we're all like off the sauce. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm. This is really dorky, but I can prove it to you. I went to Walmart the other day on our day off and bought salad bowls. Ah, <laughs> salad bowls. Rock and roll. I have been like, I'm like the king of salads now, and I've been having. We've been having like now everybody's getting into. We're all eating salads. So I, we have red onion on the rider now. Um, wow. Seeds, greens, salad dressing, garbanzo beans, like full so on. Promoters bucks. are hitting up farmers markets. Yeah, yeah. You, guys, uh, you know, it's like there's like a six pack of beer and a bunch of greens. 
like, hey, I need you to run down yeah. to the corner. Oh, I got to get some weed, some coke. No, I need you yeah, to go to the it, farmer's it, market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. some fresh tomatoes. Look at Joe's rider. Yeah. Go to the farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a big difference. You know, obviously, it's not a lot of partying, but yeah. last tour, there was. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's not like it's been going on. But, no. yeah, we just, we were like, it's kind of funny. Break. We joked, and it's like, it took us to the age of 55 to decide to do a sober tour. That's ridiculous. <laughs> we should have done this in our 30s. You know, actually, we weren't playing in our 30s. That's right. We, we took a break in our 30s. That's cool. Um, See, catching up for long. But yeah, no, we don't party as much nearly, but you know, every now and then, yeah. day off, we, it's, we, we, do. we actually went to the Indianapolis 500 today to watch the, the, the bumper, they call it, the bumper the, the, race. They, they like, no, that's like the, he sent me a video. It's badass. Dude's hauling ass. Yeah, it, it, I don't yeah. know if it's qualifying or oh, qual- testing the yeah, track yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I think uh, he went, and I'm not sure if another uh, the other two of the other guys did. In fact, okay, it's fine. Yeah. They. Um, so that's kind of like shit like that. Is, is we try to get into something like that. Yeah. And uh, you want to have him pick a playout song since we're at the, uh, yeah. the end here? Yeah, man. Pick a song of Ugly Kid or Ugly Kid Joe or anyone else. Anything. Yeah, oh, well, I'd love to plug a new song. Yeah. If you could. Um, you guys, would you guys have a favorite of the new record? Like, oh man, the, this, one, the, the ear, single that came out was really good. Um, the, the earworm for me was failure. Yeah, failure's yeah. awesome. I also like the one, the funky one. Um, oh, what's oh. the name of the about the girl? Yeah, uh, up in the city. Up yeah, in the, the really stuff. Kind of it, like it, it reminds me kind of something off of like uh, America's Least Wanted. Like oh, okay. something yeah, yeah, like, uh, like same side or something. Same yeah, yeah, yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like it's that's that thing where we fuck. That's like total wit like song where he's like, let's do something totally different, you know, with like a really clean guitar and uh, the high thing. Yeah, I'll do that one. Up in the city. Nice. So hey, this is Klaus. You're listening to Decibel Geek, or how would I do this, or anything? Just however you want. Hey, what's up? This is Klaus Eichset from Ugly Kid Joe, and this is Up in the City from our new album, Rad Wings of Destiny. Just like the pretty girl that doesn't know she's pretty, I think it's time for her to move up to the city.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 